I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. And I really believe the officials did make the correct call here. And the one thing they're trying to do is prevent the ejection. Man, this is some bullshit. Boo this man. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, my playoff pal, the one more thing king, the ejection egregious... <laughs> Man, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? I just want to know one thing. If somebody's in my face, are you going to... Do you get at my back? I got your back every day. That's what I'm talking about. I will That's put the knife work. to the throat. I will put their throat on the neck. Head to toe. Head to you, toe. You got my back. <laughs> the beat the drum. What is? What would you say? The broken drum. Oh, God, I'll, broken drum. I'll have you like a broken drum. Hey, you know who else had somebody's back tonight? Steve Javi. Steve Javi had <laughs> his union buddies' backs the whole my time God. with his mask on and his sandwich. All that. He had him. He had. He was. He was ready for that. I'm not ready for Steve Javi. Don't ever get on my TV again. Get off. Why are we even phoning a friend for this? The stupidest thing I've ever seen. Let's next call gonna, in your coworker to tell me if you made the right call. What? Okay. Thank you. Next, they're going to do 50-50, and they're going to pull the audience. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. On today's show, obviously, we're going to break down the Mavericks 110 to 118 loss to the Clippers. I should say 110 to 118 to, to two the two is the referees getting two technicals on Chris Stapps Porzingis. We'll talk about Porzingis getting ejected. Both of us have feelings about it. We'll talk about Luka Doncic scoring a record 42 points in his playoff debut. A record in a playoff debut. We'll talk about that. We'll break it all down. Guys, so much to get to in this game. Uh, let's start at the beginning, though, Isaac Harris. Let's start with the first mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, the Mavericks were down. The Clippers went out to a 10-0 run. And the Mavericks are down 2-18. to 18. They were down 16 points with 8 minutes and 25 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, I know I was on Hot Mike. I was live on Hot Mike. I'm going to be live for all the playoff games, I think. And the chat was freaking out. The chat was just saying, it's over. This is done. The Mavericks are not going to come back. And I was like, guys, it's only 16 points. The Mavericks have come back you know, from bigger deficits than this. And, you know... Like, let's just slow down a little bit. However, it was pretty devastating <laughs> to go down 2-18 to 18 at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I, I, like, I thought they would take a punch, okay? Because right. Same. J- jitters, young team, yes. first playoff like game, everything about it. I didn't know it was going to be like prime Mike Tyson punch of 18-2. Because <laughs> right like 10-0, ten, like ten, ten, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know, unfortunate. You know the the white the blonde hair white guy gif where he's just like huh like his I don't even know how to oh, like, like verbal. Oh yeah, what do you it. call that? He's like a, he's like in bewilderment, like oh yes, oh. like wow, <laughs> oh cool, ten oh. But then it was eighteen two. I'm like okay, please, we we have to get something going here because I I don't want it to be that bad in game one. But there is I tweeted this after the first quarter. Literally, in a, if there was one quarter 
to show this Mavericks team to define everything about this Mavericks team, it was that first quarter of the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. That's that's your 2019-20 pandemic Mavs. That's what I said when I woke up in the morning. I said, guys, let's just ride. I mean, this Mavericks team was not expected to be here. They're not expected to be this good this fast. They're ahead of schedule. This Clippers team is, you know, the favorite for a lot of people to win the title. Let's just ride the high highs and then expect the lows, right? Expect that it's going to go bad like it did at the beginning. And then the highs was the Mavericks came back and they won that quarter 38-34 to that first quarter. Uh, Luka twisted his ankle with 7 minutes and 17 seconds left. He goes out in the first quarter. That's what I'm saying. Everything happened in the first quarter. I mean, we had a Luka injury. We had them, like, they could not play defense at all. No. And then after going down. Turnovers, like four turnovers to start the game. Turnovers. Luca was the leading scorer in the first uh, first quarter, even though he did tweak his ankle. But then this is like this is the peak of this team that it doesn't matter who they're playing. They can like when they're hitting, like they have the offense. Because after they went down eighteen to two, they went on a 48, 48 to eighteen run. Like that's. that's- a twenty to four run, like quicker than that. I mean, with with Luca out, they went on a twenty to four run. Incredible, incredible bounce back for this Mavericks team, this young playoff team. Yeah, I mean th- that. If there, I mean, there's tons of positives you can pull from this game, and that Rick Carlisle said right after the game, first opening statement, he's like, "That was the very first thing he said." He said, "There's a lot of positives we can pull from this," and I, I think, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the more, more proud moments I've been of this team. <laughs> In the past, like four years, when they went into the second quarter winning, because when they got when they got hit by the Tyson punch there, eighteen to two, and then they came back as a young team like that, and for Luca, KP, and those guys to like to bounce back like that, and Carlisle praised them so much after the game, and saying they didn't give up like that. Just man, it shows so much mentally, like they're t- like everything about. I was so happy. To see this team not just fold and because like most teams could just get like throw it in, especially young teams and they fit both of those in. They didn't and they bounced back and I, I just loved every every bit of that. And we've seen this team get attached to jacking up a bunch of threes and we've seen this team get you know stuck into hero ball at times where just they don't share the ball and that didn't happen in this first quarter. They stuck to their guns. They stuck to you know what has made them get to this point and. We have to mention Michael Carter kid Gilchrist Williams. Two three-pointers in the first quarter. He didn't play much after the first quarter, but Michael kid Gilchrist hit two threes. Two, Isaac. Two. I'm not going to lie. I DM Nick a few days ago, <laughs> and I said, Nick, I'm starting to get worried because I've seen too many Mavs fans try to talk them in, talk themselves into MKG being like a secret weapon that was stashed away or something. I shared the same thing when we did the Lockdown Clippers crossover and we all had a laugh together. And on this podcast, listener of the pod, Raccoon Squad card carrying member Luke Will came on the pod and said, if the Mavericks play MKG significant minutes, they will make the Western Conference Finals. And I laughed in his face. And here we are. (laughs) Now, I'm not fully apologizing yet. However, I may have to. He didn't. He only played uh, what a couple minutes in the second half. But yeah, there for two. a stretch in in the first first quarter, I'm like, this could be a top like top five moment for Rick Carlisle if he <laughs> rolls in and beats the Clippers in the first round, MKG's playing MKG the- like 30 minutes a game, 
and hitting like three threes a game. I, I don't even know what. That's the ultimate wizard. The Raymond Felton game is in the past. We would no longer talk about the Raymond no. Felton game. It would be the MKG series or the MKG game or whatever. I mean, that Wait, would be even, the new thing. But even from the opening tip, them starting Maxi over Seth, I thought that was a very interesting wrinkle to it. And it wasn't just about size. And, 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 like, Kawhi is otherworldly. I, I still feel like Kawhi is the best overall player in the game in the past two years. But we've seen... You know, Dallas throw Maxi at guys like Giannis. We've seen him uh, take some time on LeBron at times. They do like throwing Maxi at Jason Tatum. Remember that? You know, yep. This year, last year, whenever it was, and <laughs> this season I, they start. I don't. Yeah, whenever it is, and they start Maxi. And I, I text you in the first quarter. I'm like, man, they they started Maxi to guard Kawhi, or at least you know try to guard Kawhi. Some now, what's crazy is Kawhi's so dang good, especially in the second half. How like how a team starts a big to guard Kawhi to like bother him with like a bigger body and Kawhi still like beasts him down low and like literally scores at the rim on a six left guy. It's like, I I don't care who you put on me. Um, That just shows you just how good Kawhi. It's his strength. It's his ability. It's his control under pressure. I mean, Kawhi is just an incredible player. He finished with 29, 12 rebounds, six assists and three steals, by the way. Uh, And and, you know, ho-hum night night from Kawhi, I guess. Uh, yeah. But coming up, we got so much more to get into. We get into the second quarter, the third quarter, with everything you guys know is coming with that. We'll talk about KP's ejection. We'll talk about Luca, how he scored, and how he was able to set a record for a playoff debut. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, I know that you have Are some restaurants. Have some restaurants that you love, but you're trying to avoid them because you have a family, you have kids, you don't want to deal with the COVID thing. Maybe your kids don't want to wear masks, all kinds of stuff you don't want to do. However, there's an app that brings all the food that you love straight to your door with contactless mm. delivery. Guys, I know how to say the word now. Last time I did this read, I had a really hard time saying contactless. But now I can say it. DoorDash. It's the app that brings the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose whatever food you want to eat. Different places, wherever. And your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., plus Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. I know I have a ton of Australian listeners. Shout out to all the Aussies out there. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, whatever you want. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery right now. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless and can be keep the community we operate safe. And right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees with their first order of $15 or more. Download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that's $5 off with your and zero delivery, delivery fees with your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store. Enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. DoorDash, official sponsor of the NBA now with uh, official food delivery sponsor of the NBA. There you go. DoorDash. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the rest of this game. So we go into halftime. Mavericks have a lead. 69 Mm, to 66. The Mavericks had 13 turnovers, which is turnovers, which is how many turnovers the Mavericks, Mavericks usually average per game they had it in the first half. And... 
that's just the way this Clippers defense is. I mean, they just have arms. They have, you know, guys that get in passing lanes. They had Patrick Beverly in this game that was being a nuisance. They, had, they have Paul George, who has an incredible wingspan. Kawhi, obviously, has an incredible wingspan. Marcus Morris getting in there. I mean, they just Marcus have... Marcus Morris played a good game. He played uh, a really good game. That could be a, uh, yeah, a, a really good pickup for them as they move along. It, everyone thought it was going to be, and it didn't look like it for a while in the bubble, and this was a great game for him. 19.6 boards, four steals, and he got Porzingis ejected, essentially. So, uh, I go. mean, that count that counts for him as well, but Marcus Morris, you know, was good in this. Um, Mavericks had 13 turnovers at halftime. Luka had seven of those, which makes sense because Luka is, you know, has the ball the most. But the Mavericks are shooting 57% from three at halftime, hit 15 of their 16 free throws at halftime. The Mavericks yeah. are doing everything else wrong, but hitting their threes and hitting their free throws, and it kept them in the game, basically. Yeah, I mean, they went uh, 21 to 24 in, in the entire game for free throws. Luka, so guys, Luka's been practicing free throws. I'm glad <laughs> all of you are happy. Yeah. Um, shocker, Mavs can still shoot great from the free throw line and lose a basketball game. I didn't know if that was possible for some It is possible. Uh, yeah, Luke only missed one of the game, 14 to 15 of the game. But, I, yeah, I thought that was that was huge for them. Going I mean, going into halftime, the fact that they were actually winning, uh, <laughs> despite the first uh, the first quarter punch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody was excited going into the second half. I, I said before the game, I thought the Mavericks would win this game I, but just because – Harold, you know, integrating Harold back and just everything. And I'm like, man, Mavericks are going to go into this game and kind of throw, throw their own punch in a sense for the whole series. And, uh, but I mean, we didn't see the KB stuff happening. Mavericks also, we should mention, took a 14 point lead in the second quarter with, with seven minutes and 26 seconds left. They were up 50 to 36, and the Clippers had to take a timeout. It was fascinating to watch a team like that get punched in the mouth and have to respond, which of course they did. They just come out and they dink and dunk. They're basically like, you know how they talk about playing small ball in baseball where you just take like, you know, you get you get walks and then you steal get some steals and bunts and you know just little things and you just play small ball and you get, you know, players on the bases and score runs. I feel like that's what this Clippers team does. They don't really come back and like drill you with a bunch of threes like the Mavericks do or the Warriors do. They just hit little mid-range shots and little mid-range shots and get a putback and you know do do these little get a turnover and like they do all these little things and just adds up to a big, you know, comeback. So, but the Mavericks had a 14-point lead. That was massive going into halftime and then Third quarter happened. Was K- KP's first first tech was in the first half, I think. First technical was in the first half, yes. Him and Paul George actually had the exact same technical where it was a foul call. So in Porzingis's case, Paul George went up for a two-handed dunk or layup or whatever he was going to end up doing. Porzingis came over from the side and tried to block him. His elbow hit Paul George's elbow, but then Porzingis blocked the shot. And you're, you're, you are allowed to, to hit the hand when you block a shot because the hand is part of the ball. But it was the elbow that they called as a foul. Porzingis was, took, you know, obviously was, took offense to that and then did the thing where you punch the air, basically. Mm. You know, like sometimes guys do that when they win things, you know, or, you know, after you win, you like punch the yeah. air. Like Jordan shot on Elo. Yes. Yeah. Perfectly. Perfectly said. He punched the air like that, and that in the rule book is an automatic technical, no matter what. Paul George got called on it. Porzingis called, got called on it. That and yeah, and nobody Carlisle even said that. after the game. Yeah, Carlisle made a point multiple times. He said that's in the rule book. Like we understand that. KP understands that. Paul George got called for the same thing. So there, nobody had an issue with that tech, even though it's weak. It I think it's weak. And I think it's very inconsistent, and I think that's that's the difficult part because 
Uh, I think you see some other players uh, complain and throw. It's just it's that's a wild rule because a player can. Uh, somebody joked about it in, in the middle of the game, uh, which which that was another sentence as far as NBA Twitter seeing all of NBA Twitter and NBA players across the league, like unifying over uh, the KP ejection thing. But the fact that like some people were making, like making fun of it, I think it was Zach Lowe who said, okay, so a player can get fouled and throw up both of their arms and yell and yes. scream and like flail their arms. But that's not tech, but like an, an, an air punch is. So it's like, Hey, you can have emotions, but you can't do certain arm movements with your emotions. And I just, I, I think that's so inconsistent, especially we're going to have that on our minds as Mavs fans now. And as we watch the playoffs go, yes. we're watching the Lakers and Blazers tonight uh, as the last game of the, you know, four games today. And, you know, LeBron does it or Damian Lillard does it and they don't get called, you know, get called a tech for it. We're going to be pissed. And that's just how it's going to be. But it's in, a, it's in, a, I almost said yearbook. It's in the, it's in the rule book. <laughs> it's in the yearbook them, now. Like, that that's part of it. So like, I don't think a lot of people are that upset about that one. Yeah, it, it's a it's a soft, weak call, but it is in the rule book, so you have to go buy it. So that first one, you know, it's whatever it is. At least, and it also helps that Paul George got called for the exact same thing mm-hmm. earlier in the game. Got called for a tech as well. So um, then we get to the third quarter. Um, do we want to read the pool reporter talk talking to the refs after the game? Yeah, as you look it up, I will say. He did hit his elbow and like on the fir- that first tech. So yeah, I think it was a foul on KP. <laughs> and if you want to get mean, real technical, break it down, like review it, right? Like if you want to really yeah. slow it down, yes. Yeah. So to each other, I mean, he was super hyped up for the game. I would have had the same reaction. I, I get it 100%. I'm assuming by now you have the poll report that just came out as we're recording this. Yeah, we're gonna go through the we're gonna go through the whole thing and then we'll talk about this pool report reporter quote. Um, so, with nine minutes and ten seconds left, Marcus Mor- after a, a play had stopped, Marcus Morris was still holding on to Luca's arm after the game, kind of like going after the ball, but not really, just really holding on to Luca. Luca took offense to it and he got in his face and he kind of like was, was like, "Get off me! Stop doing that!" And Marcus Morris was like, "Whoa, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything." And then he kind of you know walked away, and then. They started getting back and forth at it, and then Marcus Morris stepped up to Luca. Porzingis came running over across the lane, got into his face, and then Marcus Morris shoved him. And this is a picture that you're seeing on Twitter right now. If you're on Twitter, you're seeing this picture getting circulated right now where it looks like Marcus Morris is choking Porzingis. It's not. It's a fist. He's he, he When he pushed him, he pushed him with his fist instead of open-handed, and so Marcus Morris's fist is on Porzingis's throat, and it looks really. The screenshot looks really bad, but it's not as bad as it as it looks in in that sense. Uh, Porz, they reviewed it. Porzingis got his second technical because, uh, and this is the reason why the pool reporter uh, talked to the referees after the after the game. So this is um, this is uh, Tim McMahon. I think asked asked this question afterwards. He says, "Why was Porzingis assessed the tech the second technical foul?" Uh, the the referee Fitch, Kane Fitzgerald was it Kane Fitzgerald? Freaking Kane Fitzgerald, yeah. The second technical fouls were being an escalator to the altercation, which was confirmed via replay. Tim McMahon asked this question: Is the situation an automatic ejection in a competitive playoff game, given any consideration before calling the second technical foul? So, since it's his second one, would you guys have maybe 
graded it on a curve, basically, which you guys have, d- have done it differently because it's a playoff game. Kane Fitzgerald said, like we said, for the second technical foul, we confirmed it through the use of instant replay that he was an escalator, which is an automatic technical per the NBA standards. That being his second technical, he was ejected from the game. So they just went by the rule yeah, book and went by the, the letter of the law and said, you know, oh, he's the escalator, so he's out. However, it yeah. wasn't even a big, I mean, it wasn't even an altercation. I mean, both sides walked away from it. There wasn't anything that was, you know, egregious. There wasn't punches thrown or anything like that. Two guys were shoved, and you just move on from that. They didn't want it to escalate to anything more, but to call a guy on his second technical, and there was a, it was double text. It was a technical on Marcus Morris as well, so it's not like they got away with everything. But to call a guy, especially a guy as important as Porzingis, in this game, like the NBA is worried about what why their ratings are down. Like stuff like this does not help you, right? Where all of a sudden you, your league looks soft, the referees look soft. Everyone in you know consider people aren't here to see the referees you know call anything. They're here to watch players play. And with that, in that case, you just let things go on. Just let it play and don't don't call foul. Don't call technical on Morris either. I don't want that. Yeah, want- and, and him saying that they didn't like they didn't put that in consideration because hey, it's like in the rule book, whatever. Yeah, and I stop at every freaking stop sign too. Come on, get out of here! <laughs> like don't don't tell me at the end of games if Kawhi or LeBron or Giannis. I mean, come on, we just had this conversation about Giannis a f- few weeks ago in the bubble. When star players hit the end of the game and they have five fouls, they have to murder somebody on the basketball court to get to get their sixth foul and get out of the game. We all know it. It's an unwritten rule. Okay? Like that that's just part of it because we want to see the stars play. So I don't buy the bull crap from him saying, Oh yeah, you know, we don't you know what? It's it, it's a technical in the book. It's confirmed. It's it, technically we don't, a technical. We don't well, we don't consider well, those actually, things. Actually, it's actually a technical like, in the rule book. Me- meanwhile, freaking Scott Foster somewhere like, hey, hold my beer tomorrow or whenever <laughs> the next game. He, Poor thing would have been ejected. Yeah, whenever he refs again, he's like pissed because another ref got more spotlight than him right now. But it, it's just, I thought everything was stupid about it. Not in the playoffs. Even Luca, you know, said it after he said, I don't think it's fair that KP got kicked out of the game. And he even said, especially in the playoffs, you saw social media reaction to it from Dirk. Shout out to Dirk for sending out a tweet uh, to LeBron, to Kevin I mean, Love. You, Kevin Love. There's Mahomes. so So, yeah, people across the sports landscape was pissed about the Porzingis ejection and, um, and then the best moment of all, we're going to bring on Steve Jaffe right now. To, <laughs> which, uh, which they do his... for every, you know, controversial call. I'm like, okay. Former referee, just... he comes on and he talks about the, he always talks about it with, you know, the ESPN guys about why a foul was called or if it should be. And in his defense, he does disagree with the referee sometimes. Sometimes he said, no, okay. that shouldn't be this. However, this time he did not. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask Harp what he thinks about the Mavericks too. Or, you know, let, let's ask Clyde Drexler to tell me something about James Harden. No, like, it's, you're, he's not going to get on there and disagree. Like, so he's not going to, like, bash his guy. Like, yeah, he, he could, like, lovingly disagree, I guess, but that ain't going to freaking happen. Like, get out of here. All right, coming up, we want to get into more about this game, figure out why the Mavericks blew it in a, the very end of the game. Mavericks were only down three with three minutes to go. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into all of it. But before we do, Isaac Harris, mm. I know you and I have driven some cars that needed some work for sure. sure i have one in my driveway right now that could use some work right now but 
with all the different places you could go, all the brick and mortar stores, all the websites you could go to to try and find the right part for all the dealers out there, there's only one place that could get all the parts your car will ever need. Ooh, just oh, threw that, what is that threw place? that in there. RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They've been doing this. They've been in the game. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. It's the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. You'll be able to quickly find the parts that are available for your vehicle. Just choose the brand, the specification, the year, and everything, and it'll have all the parts laid out right there for you. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just go there. Even if your car doesn't need a part, just look and see what Rock Auto has. And if you find something, write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Again, write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right isaac harris let's get into the rest of this game let's finish this game up mavericks um go into the fourth quarter uh just absolutely i mean felt like devastated right porzingis was out the rest of the quarter mavericks only scored 13 points in the third quarter Mm-hmm. You talk about third quarters being bad. Now the Clippers only scored twenty one, so it wasn't like they completely dominated the the Mavericks. I thought both teams are kind of thrown off, but everything, everything was happened. thrown off. Uh, we had a foul call on Luca on an absolutely clean strip with uh, three minutes and seventeen seconds left in the third. It was challenged. It was a successful challenge for the Mavericks. So congrats, Good job guys. I think that was Carlisle's first successful challenge in the bubble. Is that right? I think they've had two, and it's been sure. <laughs> Uh, man, after after Porzingis was ejected, the Clippers went on a twenty-one to eleven run, I guess, in the third quarter. But still, even it was just so disjointed, it didn't feel right, and it was just so strange. Going into the fourth quarter, the Mavericks tied the game up, eighty-nine to eighty-nine, with nine minutes and forty-three seconds. Tim Hardaway Jr. eighteen points there at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. He really kept them alive when Porzingis wasn't able to. Um, you know, to to play anymore because he got ejected. But he finished with 18 points, six boards, you know, uh, one assist, one steal. Porzingis, by the way, played just under 20 minutes. So his playoff his playoff debut, 14.6 boards in just under 20 minutes. But Tim Hardaway Jr., I thought he stepped up big for them in that, you know, third quarter and then in second quarter as well. Uh, in the beginning of the fourth, I thought he was massive for them. And without him, they're not as close in this game as they were. That's true, and unfortunately, I literally have a a nugget there or a bullet point for the end of the game because I thought two massive possessions for them at the end of the game, and I was very frustrated with Tim Hardaway and Seth Curry. And I thought both of I thought Seth played well off the bench. You know, he hit four of his eight threes in the game, and you know Tim hit four threes too in the game. So, uh, but those last two possessions by them when. You know, if the Mavericks, we knew when KP went out, if the Mavericks are going to have any shot at this game, Luka's going to have to be top five player, Luka. And he was that. <laughs> and they, they had they had a shot at it. And it's like, all right, when it gets under, I mean, you realistically, you have to be realistic about it. You want to selfishly say Luka should just have the ball every single time. And like, but, <laughs> Sometimes but especially, he does. <laughs> yeah, he really, he does. But especially at the end of a game like this, it has to go through Luca every single time, especially when I felt like he was getting to the rim at ease. And back-to-back possessions, Tim Hardaway had a turnover. Seth took a rush three, and I was like, I was hot. That was that's at the very end of the game for sure. We'll get to that. Um, so Paul George then just starts going on a tear. I mean, he, he finished the game mm-hmm. well with 27, 
Uh, but man, he was he was really hitting shots back and forth. The Mavericks just had no answer for for him, especially when Dorian was out. It's just you don't have an answer for another guy, which is what we knew coming into the series. Uh, with three minutes and 21 seconds left to go, the Mavericks are down three. It was 100 to 103. So another clutch game for the Mavericks. Luca uh, hit Dorian on a really great cut. He, what, do, what do you call a cut when you follow a guy into the lane? There's like a term for it. I can't remember. But Dorian had a really awesome cut. Uh, and then Trey Burke on that play came up limping. And a timeout was called, and he goes out of the game. Um Patrick Beverly finally hits a three. Patrick Beverly had the weirdest game. The weirdest game. He's been out. I don't think he's played for 14 days. I think that's what Justin Russo told us. Um, But he had such a weird game. He almost fouled out several times. Uh, He finished with five fouls. He was two of five from three and hits this one to go up six with three minutes left. Lou Williams missed a layup on the play right after that. Then you have Tim Hardaway Jr.'s turnover that was really bad turnover with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Lou Williams goes down the other end, misses a floater again, so the Mavericks are still alive right after all this. They're still alive at this point. And then you go down, Clipper score, uh, and with a minute 40, this play just... This play was incredible. (laughs) I just... I cannot talk about how much how awesome this play was anymore a minute 40 left Luca's isoed on Kawhi Leonard two-time defensive player of the year Isaac Isaac and I both think he's the best player in the NBA Luca's isoed out on him he drives to the lane through the basically through contact and adjusts in the air and scores on him uh, to make it a five-point game with a minute 40 left like that a play like that is just what makes Luca so different. The fact that he can score and get his own bucket. When we talk about, we talked about for years, the Mavericks need a guy that can just get you a bucket, right? And we're like, man, maybe Harrison Barnes can be that guy. Maybe Dennis Smith Jr. can be that guy. No, Ooh. no, F all that. Luka Doncic is that guy. He showed it against, you know, two-time defensive player of the year in a playoff, in a clutch playoff moment and got a bucket against him. And I just thought that was one of the most encouraging plays of the game. Oh, I think, yeah, I think Kawhi's the best uh, wing defender that we've seen since, like, Scottie Pippen. And uh, my dad was watching that game. We didn't watch it together, but he texted me. He said, this this type of game right here, he said, I'm a believer that Luka's a top-five player. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's just not every player can do that. And it looked like he was scoring literally at will and getting to the rim, like, at with Kawhi. He pushed off a little bit, but everybody, everybody sure. pushed off like that. But Going through stop Luka, <laughs> Yeah, Luca doing that on Kawhi, that's next level. You're sure that Alonzo Trier wouldn't score more in his playoff debut than than Luca? I mean <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. He he would probably get 40, 40 something. Talk soon we will. Uh so then you get um, you know, Seth Seth Curry had a rush three as well, Tim Hardaway Jr. turnover, and it's just that's the difference between that's the difference between a clutch win and a clutch, clutch loss sometimes is two possessions. You, especially yeah. with this Mavericks team where you they just couldn't stop these guys, um, you know, and they won't be able to just because of the way that their roster is constructed. Two offensive possessions can change the entire game. And so then with 42 seconds left, Paul George hits a step back three, and that basically ended it. Luka finished with 42 points, a, a record in a playoff debut, seven boards, nine assists, three steals. Uh, he was... 13 of 21 from the floor, 14 of 15 from the free throw line. He missed one free throw the whole game. Two of six from three, which is okay. Finished with 11 turnovers. So he had a he had seven turnovers in the first half and finished with 11. So he only had four more in the second half, which I thought was significant because he really cut those down, especially considering how much time he had. Uh, and then the Mavericks. So the Mavericks do something at the end I thought was interesting. 
with eight seconds left to go, the Mavericks are down by eight, and Carlisle calls a timeout. And a lot of people, you know, were on Hot Mike especially, were saying, why are they doing this? Why are they calling a timeout? And on the broadcast, it kind of felt like they were saying that too. But this is what you're here for. You're here to get experience, to run live game action in a playoff game against a good defensive team, to run a play, to go out there and try something. Like This is what this Mavericks team needs to do and needs to the experience they need to get in a game like this. And they run the exact same play they, they ran at the end of the Phoenix game to try to try and get Tim Hardaway Jr. a, a jumper. And I was like, what? Why did we just run that same play? Tim Hardaway Jr. hadn't scored for like 10 minutes in the game. No, Rick's just trying to like rope a dope him. He's like, hey, people are gonna watch tape and know that, hey, that's our go-to move at the end of the game. <laughs> it it's again. for Tim for Tim Hardaway, and then it's not gonna be that. But I thought Luca, you mentioned his eleven turnovers. I mean, that's the it's weird. You look at this game and you, there's not a you know, people aren't calling for Rick's head at the at the end of this game. It's not a free throw thing. You know, it's like, okay, like as far as the team wise, not a lot of people are finding things in this game that you're like pissed at the team about this because the fact that they were right there at the end without KP for most of the second half against the you know title favorites for a lot of people, I mean, that has to be super encouraging. And, I mean, I think the biggest thing for this is, yes, yeah, is Luca's turnovers. And even after the game, you know, he had 11, and he was asked about his performance, and he said, he literally said, terrible. I had 11 turnovers. I've never had that much. I just want to win. And he is always so critical of himself. And you're not going to find him, at least so far in his career, he hasn't Even been Even when he plays bra- well. Yeah, he's, he's not a braggy type. He always finds a way for him to be better and get better. I loved all of the post-game like, stuff that him and KP, that bromance as a Mavs fan, you have to just love every bit of that, of him saying, I knew KP had my back. He did it for me. He did it for my teammates. And you just love that. And even KP saying, he said, I saw him getting in Luca's face and I reacted. Like, let's go. Like, I just want to run through a wall for you. And like, y'all want to, y'all are running through Wall Street. Like, I just, I, and I tweeted that right after KP did. And I said, I love this from KP. And all these people were tweeting at me or, or quotes me and like, bet you don't now, bet you don't now. He suggest- no. I still love that he did that. Like, it ain't my fault that the refs are stupid and they want to like eject him for it. Do that every time, man. Like, I I love every bit of KP doing that for Luca, and that's just what I mean. You, I think you said something about just team chemistry. No team chemistry issues with this team. Nope. And I I love that for those two guys. And not that there was any talk about it before. Some people, you know, responded to that saying, "Was there talk about chemistry issues?" No. There's there's been no chemistry issues with the Mavericks, but we've seen. Like Westbrook and Durant have chemistry issues as young players playing together. We've seen Ben Simmons and Embiid not really gelling or meshing together. You know, we've seen young duos that just don't work out, and this duo does not seem like it's going in that direction at all. Uh, it's still early, but it just seems like they're for each other. They're you know excited when each other does well. They're you know sad when the other person doesn't, and they're frustrated when Porzingis gets ejected. Uh, there was something that was said at the end, something a question that was asked about Luka Doncic, and you know we'll kind of end on this doc Rivers said that he's okay with lucas scoring he just wants to take away his assists and this is something i noted before the game because in all of the games luca played against the clippers this year i think he had nine assists in one game and only six assists in the other two 
And that's definitely something that this team, this Clippers team has been trying to avoid is trying to limit Luka's ability to, to play make. And that's what one of the reasons why he has so many turnovers, because they're always playing the pass instead of playing, you know, to stop mm-hmm. him from scoring. And so he scores 42 points, which is awesome. Gets a lot of, you know, free throws. But they're taking away his ability to play make. He still had nine assists in this game, which is a testament to Luka. But that's the thing that the Clippers are doing. They're trying to take away. And that's something that that Carlisle and the rest of the Mavericks, they have to figure out. They have to try and figure out how to get the rest of the guys in better positions to, you know, get in better passing lanes for Luka and all that stuff. So that's something to look forward to for the next couple of games. Uh, Man, I was encouraged by this game. I I, I tweeted after yeah, the game too. if you got if people were encouraged or discouraged by this game or just frustrated. And I think it was split down the middle. A lot of people combining the two, the two words and saying frustratingly discouraged or encouraged. Uh, but man, the Mavericks just took it right to the Clippers at full strength. By the way, the Clippers are eleven and one when they're at full strength. Now Montrezl Harrell didn't play a whole lot, but you still all the rest of the guys played. You know the entire game and man. Uh, I was encouraged by the way this Mavericks team and basically their first playoff game played. Oh, super encouraged, super young team. I mean, I've I've said over and over on this pod, if they get swept, I'm I'm still going to be like, man, this is a success. The rest of it's cake. Yeah, I, I, I love this, and now we get to see you know what adjustments are made. Does Maxi start game two? Do they put Seth in? Do they change anything up? Do they just roll with it because they're like, hey, KP's going to be out there for a whole game, hopefully. So. I think yes, yeah, super encouraging thing uh, for a Mavs fans, Mavs fan. Even though it's a it's a loss, I just saw right before we get off. I just saw Tim McMahon tweet that Mark Cuban uh, denies or refuses to comment. No comment on tonight's uh, game and officiating. So <laughs> I said as soon as he got Porzingis got ejected, that Mark Cuban loaded up a ten thousand dollar you know reusable debit card, getting ready for tweets. So Mark Cuban avoiding it. I guess good for him, but hey. Uh, he'll talk eventually. If it gets if it gets worse the next game, I'm sure he'll talk. He can't stay away long. But this also this robbed us of a Mark Cuban ejection in the middle of the game, right? I mean, you, can you imagine oh, yeah. Mark Cuban sitting courtside at Staples Center? Just getting, no, just getting thrown out. This is good. This is a good thing. <laughs> thanks so much for listening, uh, loyal listener Mark Cuban. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.